I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched the 2012 movie Pinocchio from uh, Italy. And um, it was we watched it in Italian with English subtitles. Um, this is our third uh, Pinocchio adaptation here. Pinocchio-palooza? Is that what it is? Pinocchio-palooza? Pinocchio-palooza? Take your pick. Um, I think it's it's interesting seeing this after the Russian one that we know kind of does its own thing to an extent. But we were still, I think you'll agree, able to see some connecting lines there of stuff mm-hmm. that was yes. in the Russian one that wasn't in the Disney one, but was in this. Yes. Uh, which yes. Is, yeah. That, that was very interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. How did this, as far as the book adaptation, how closely does it? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the most faithful, but I have not actually researched yeah, that. Yeah, we don't know. I, I, it feels like it's like covering everything in there. <laughs> like it feels like it covers a lot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is still leaving some stuff out, but to an extent, sometimes it feels like a greatest hits of the actual thing, um, like it's going through all of it. So, so I don't know. It's it's certainly it's probably the most faithful of the ones we've seen so far, at the very least. Uh, whether or not there are other more faithful adaptations out there, I, I don't know. I have not read it, and probably never actually will read the original. So. Who would like to do a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? I can try. Okay, so this one starts with uh, what we learn is kind of a little bit of Geppetto. Not his backstory, but him as a boy. And you get some of his uh, wishes for himself while he was young. And then we cut to him older. One thing we saw in the beginning was uh, Geppetto with a kite. And so then... We cut to him older and the kite has flown into into the window and he pulls it in, remembers it. Something gets knocked down in his house. It is a uh, block of wood that says ow and similar to the Russian one, this block of wood has a voice. Geppetto carves out uh, a boy, his son, Pinocchio. Pinocchio is a stinker and... <laughs> um, Rambunctious. Yes. Gets into trouble almost immediately and causes problems for Geppetto. We go through uh, his story, some of what we saw in in the Russian one. His father, you know, takes him to school. The day that he's supposed to go to school, he instead goes to the circus. uh, Or not the circus, but this... A little uh, traveling uh, puppet stage production. Yes, a traveling show. We meet uh, this movie's... I don't. I don't want to say the name so I don't get confused. Versions of the fox, the cat, and Magnifico or something. Ma- Fuoco, Mangia- which means fire eater. Yes. Uh, Basically, this movie Stromboli, but that was a thing that Disney. That was the name Disney came up with. Yes, Mangiafuoco. This is what he's normally called in the original novel. So uh, one thing I liked is Mangiafuoco's. Uh, empathy or whatever for Pinocchio. We meet, like you said, the fox and the cat. Rude dudes. Uh, (laughs) um, So Pinocchio uh, is 
Mejiofoko says, go back home, Pinocchio. Here's some money. But the fox and the cat lead him astray, which he doesn't realize he's not uh, street smart enough to, to catch. Uh, so he gets pulled astray. He tries to go home, but they catch him again. Uh, the coins that he had, he buries and uh, tries to get a money tree, but they trick him and they take his money. And then it goes a bit off from that story. He 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 gets arrested in the Catch a Fool Town or whatever it's called. Yeah, we we met the blue fairy or this turquoise haired girl. So you we the fairy with turquoise hair is what her Italian name translates to. Oh really? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. So so there's some um you know this magical person. Uh. So he was arrested. He. Uh, eventually has to run away because the cops not in his town are after him. And and when he runs away, he meets uh, Lip- Lampwick. Lampwick. And, and here we, we kind of catch up to the, what we, the Disney kind of story where he goes to this, uh, this uh, island where kids uh, have fun, but then get turned into uh, donkeys to work. Uh, and, and it kind of picks back up to what, what we expect. He gets turned, this time he gets fully turned into a donkey. Uh, and then this, uh, fairy, we see her save him from being drowned because the, uh, caretakers of the, of the, uh, island throw him off because he's being insubordinate. Uh, and they, they tied him in a bag with a rock to it and, and drown him, but she saves him, but he gets, uh, Swallowed up by the sea monster, which, you know... It's just a big fish. It never has a name, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. And and he meets his dad again, finally. One of the saddest, sadder things about the movie is seeing all the near misses of Geppetto and Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, like, it's... It had a lot in it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it, it feels like... It feels to me, as someone who hasn't read the full story, like I'm getting at least much closer to the full story than than what Disney gave us, and also, you know, the actual original story instead of the kind of Russian deviation that, you know, has the stuff with a golden key and all that 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 is absent here. Um, so yeah, it was really fascinating to to watch something that felt like a more true to the book, just like full of stuff version of this story. Yeah, I I wasn't thinking about it in terms of being truer to the book, but just fuller. Yes, yes. I was thinking about it in terms of like this this journey that we saw of this kid who unlike the Disney one is unlikable and and how he becomes you know, uh good good enough to be a real boy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the Disney one kind of feels episodic, but this feels even more so because it's just kind of this long string of smaller adventures that add up to, like, changing this this boy internally as he goes through stuff. Um, Yeah, what what do we think of it? I liked it. It was, um, and I think, yeah, with what you all are saying, I I wonder if it is. I'd be curious now if it is true to the story, because didn't you say the original story was based on something called, like, The Adventures of Pinocchio? And that's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Uh, Story-wise, it was good. It. I loved the style that it had. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprising thing about it, there was a number of uh, musical songs. Yes. Yes. Uh, I... I liked, 
a few of them. There were some that some of like, them were baffling. Okay. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it too. Um, I I don't think it's as good a movie as what Disney ended up putting together. Um, but I think it is really fascinating in its own way, and it feels. I don't know. Yeah, it, it feels really different while still having so many of these elements that we can recognize, both from Disney's and from the Russian one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really neat, and I think it's I think it's a really fun version to watch that um, is really bright and colorful. So I think kids would be entertained, but mm-hmm. then it's also got enough going on that it was entertaining to us adults. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, I recommend it. Let's get specific. So this film was screened out of competition at the 70th Venice International Film Festival. Screened what does out that of mean? competition. That means that it was at that film festival, but was screened out and was not one of the winners by any means. But it got to be there, so that's okay. cool. Um, that's the only fun fact I have up at the top. Let's talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what screened out means, know. though. Screened out means that it didn't win, guys. It's okay, not good enough, but it's like, okay, like, it's too good. It, it, it wasn't good enough, I guess, for the the whoever's judging the festival. Well, I'm going to say that it was too good. Well, that's where it was that's first viewed, also, is just at a film festival. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about the story characters and stuff. Uh, I have three different notes that are just you guys going no at the same time. <laughs> uh, the first of which was when Geppetto was taken away by the cops after, <laughs> after Pinocchio was like crying about having to go back to his home and so some townsfolk were like oh he doesn't want to go back home maybe he has a terrible home life we should throw Geppetto in jail like what the heck (laughs) Pinocchio's a very rude boy at the beginning just really rude yeah he so you talked about uh, in the story that Pinocchio kills the bug uh, that, you know... A talking uh, Cricket. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket was kind of based on he's, you know, alive and being his conscious. Uh, no, legit in this movie. Yeah, he, he kills, kills him. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing that I thought was he just playing with shadows because it seemed like the Cricket that was a doctor in the Blue Fairy's house knew an awfully lot about Pinocchio. It's so hard to say. Is it possible to say? You know, we see a talking Cricket... He goes into a, a like vase that get that emo- immediately after gets smashed by by uh, Pinocchio throwing something and everything crashes to the floor. We don't see him again, and then we see a ghost apparition of him trying to tell Pinocchio stuff, and then we see a doctor guy who looks exactly like him, but kind of like bigger. bigger. Um, but also, like, talks like he knows what's up with this kid. Well, also, so, I mean, this is a, a fairy that we learned. She has a lot of power. True. This is yeah. true. So it, it could be him, but, like... Brought back to life, maybe. Or, or just in this magical realm. He is, like, kind of the realm. spirit. That, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyways, Pinocchio definitely, at the very least, tries to kill a yeah. cricket and seemingly does. I think so. he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he also gets hung by the neck from a tree at one point. You only see it in silhouette, but it does happen. Yeah, and it <laughs> like was the, by the, the Russian, neck. the Russian one, like did it his feet to kind of soften it or whatever. But no, you see a silhouette of him hanging from a tree by his neck. Yeah, it's rough because of the cat and the fox. And you started, and I know we'll talk more specific. So I guess I, I won't get into animation. Uh, but to me, there was not. A big comparison between 
Disney and this version because they were so different, I guess. I So what I was saying is it didn't pop into mind of, oh, I liked this or whatever better because it was just so different. In fact, I'm glad the order that we watched them because, because after seeing the Russian adaptation, I liked this better and it yeah. was a more... It was a more cohesive story. It was a, a more solid story. It did feel episodic, but it still had connected threads. So it was, yeah, it was a delight in yeah. that sense. I think, yeah, it feels like, compared to the Disney one, this one feels like wanting to directly adapt something, whereas Disney's felt more, like, inspired by mm-hmm. and wanting to, like, take elements and kind of craft their own personal story using these elements mm-hmm. rather than feeling beholden to representing everything as it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I think very different philosophies resulting in very different movies. Yeah. And I think with the, uh, the Russian one, like, I, I don't remember specifics, but it, it felt like there was an assumption that you knew some of what was going on. Yeah. So like shortcuts were taken or it would skip steps. With the assumption that, like, you got this, like, and we're, we're moving on. Which I think uh, we felt with the other Russian film that I forget what it is called. Snow Maiden? Yeah, maybe, yeah. There's so many that ever snow something. So yes, I think, yes. I think that was the most recent one. Yeah, that, so I wonder, just a reflection of a, a different philosophy as well. Of, yeah. like, we are, this isn't a new story. We assume you know this, so we're going to either, like, make the highlights or kind of gloss over things that don't really matter. But what but makes a film, to those who don't know it, confusing and kind yeah. of jarring. I, I really found uh, this version of Menjia Fuoco, or, or as we know him in English, Stromboli, he, he, was, he, he was like kind of a mean dude at first because he's like let's throw this puppet in the fire but then the puppet like is like oh but i have a father who loves me and he's like oh well now i feel bad about that yeah <laughs> and so he, he like ends up being a uh, not a horrible guy he's yeah. got he's got yeah. empathy you know yeah he kept he kept being very empathetic and um, he's also a much more minor character than in either of the last two that we mm-hmm, saw yeah like he's you know, he's one of several villains in Disney's version, but he's pretty significant for the portion he's there. And then he's like the main villain <laughs> in the Russian version of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here he's like, he's just kind of there in the beginning. He's really intimidating at first, but then he, he ends up kind of being a big old softy. And after that, you just kind of see him because you see the cart rather than because he's doing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, what was interesting to me is there was no clear antagonist. There was no big villain. Instead, you had a lot of external um, and even some internal conflicts. Could you that say really... that the true villain was Pinocchio himself? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, in, in the quest to become a real boy when that, that became his ultimate Which goal is, it's interesting. after he met the, the Blue Fairy. Yeah, it's interesting that it takes so long for him to have that goal. Yeah. 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 Because he just, he really starts off just Wanting to have fun, wanting to have feet so he can run around and run amok. And, he, and when you say that, at, at one point, because of his selfishness, after he gets uh, Geppetto thrown in jail and he basically eats everything and, and ransacks kind of the house. But he is, after he kills the cricket, he is obstinately 
puts himself right in front of the fire to stay nice and warm, even though the cricket before he killed him had warned him not to do that. And lo and behold, he burned off his feet. So then he's just like begging and crying and, oh, daddy, and please make me new feet when Geppetto does come home. And then, of course, once he gets his feet. And then he kind of tries to put a little bit more of an effort to go, but still pretty easily. He's like, I don't really want to go to school, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like this push and pull of like giving into his his wor- his worst impulses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it he does overcome himself. The repercussions of his initial actions, his you know uncaring, his like either the reputation that he kind of gives himself or the situations that he put himself in previously, and the kind of like oh these people, I still kind of trust them, and you shouldn't. Uh, yeah, like that, it it kind of makes me think of some of the, um, some of the Eastern films that we watched have this kind of episodic They feel more like quest films almost though. Mm -hmm. Like the, like the main character does have an overarching thing they're trying to accomplish, but then they have some unrelated adventures along the way or barely related adventures. That's fair. Whereas this is kind of like this chaotic child just stumbles into stuff happening for for a while and then it starts kind of more and more being stuff is happening directly because of the choices he's making but you know like it's it it doesn't feel like he's trying to get somewhere with a goal in mind or accomplish a great big task even after he kind of gets the idea of wanting to be a real boy from the blue fairy it doesn't necessarily feel like that's his overriding goal in all things yeah that's fair i'm Mm -hmm. trying to yeah i think I think in the beginning of some of the ones like uh, Neza or something, like you have this this young character that is a force rather than a a, a person initially, yeah. And and so they kind of get into shenanigans, and and that feels kind of similar here, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because initially, his initial, for lack of a better word, his initial quest was after Geppetto selflessly gave up his coat to buy him a book. He seemed to be very moved by that because then he seemed to be motivated in trying to not only, you know, he did eventually get his book back, but but to get, to repay Geppetto, like to get him something, to buy him something. And so mm-hmm. that's why he was led astray by the cat and the fox in trying to get more money because he just wanted to be extra generous. So he, so he did seem to recognize that Geppetto, he seemed to truly love Geppetto or feel like he was a loving father and wanted to repay him in essence. So that seemed to kind of at least be his motivation. And then once it, he met the Blue Fairy, yeah, that, that yeah. was one of his motivations. And then once he met the Blue Fairy, then he, you know, kind of fell in love with her too and wanted to be a real, then wanted to be a real boy. And some of the requirements to be a real boy was to be, you know, kind and I forgot what all else, you know, helpful and obedient and, you know, different things. So then that's why he wanted to be, to do good things. Did she say that? I, I, I don't know. I do. I I do believe. I I'm I'm almost positive that that was one of the things that that she said because then he would repeat that to himself. I need to do this and this and this to be uh, to become a real boy. Uh, you mentioned the fox and the cat, and I want to say that oh, yeah. they are they are pretty vicious in this yeah, one. They uh, yeah, like they were vicious in the Russian one, and that they like had like knives and guns and were trying to rob him, which also happens here. But in the Russian one, it kind of felt more cartoony, and in this one, it just felt more like mugging a person. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. And then they like chase him up a tree and like sing a mocking song. 
while they like they're set the tree him. on fire. And they're gonna burn him. <laughs> and they're just like yeah. insulting him while they sing a song dancing in the fire and they're and they have like terrifying looking silhouettes yes, from the fire. Like that just was... like they feel kinda kinda really mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um especially during the the them go just full on trying to rob him and, and chasing him and stuff scene. And then like they also ultimately like just completely get away with it. They oh, trick yes. him to bury the the gold and he does and then you don't see them again because they made off with the gold, which was what they wanted the whole time, and they're gone. <laughs> what I did also like is, you know, he initially got his feet burned by the fire. That is kind of the first negative thing that really happened to him. And it kind of sticks with him in the uh, burning the tree. Like, that is that visceral of like, oh, no, you know, this fire is bad. And, and I feel like that, you know, came up a couple times. And I... I liked that. It felt like the threads of the previous stuff mattering to the, you know, current story and those lessons learned, he took it forward with him through yeah. his journeys. Um, also, a uh, literal, you know, and figurative thread that that tied the story together. Valerie mentioned the kite that, you know, he had when he was a child that came back and came through the window. And then he used... I don't know if the kite or the pattern from no, the I kite. Think used the kite. He used the kite to make Pinocchio's shirt. And then at the end, when Pinocchio, can I say? You can say becomes a real boy. Becomes we a know. real boy, yeah. When, <laughs> when Pinocchio becomes a real boy and takes off his shirt and is wearing pajamas, then, then the shirt becomes a kite again, which then flies out the window and kind of flies into the scene. So it was yeah. a really neat uh, visual and, and, yeah, way to begin and end, yeah. end it. Yeah. Um, how about those bunnies playing instruments in oh. the the blue fairy, for lack of for an easier way to say, in her house, and then the Undertaker rabbits too that were like yes. get in this coffin and all and all of the different animals. I was just in like some stuff uh, happened in her I was place. like in cute overload, but it was a great <laughs> overload with all of these little animals: a hedgehog and a little little lizard or. I guess it was more of a lizard than a gecko and the bunnies and the mm-hmm. just, oh my gosh. And then the doctors that were, you know, inspecting Pinocchio and Owl and the cricket. And I forgot who the um, the third was. But anyway, with all of their, what they were dressed up in and, yeah. and oh my gosh, it was just amazing. A, she has, she has a wacky little home. <laughs> yeah. So he, was that just like a, maybe like a purgatory situation? You could you could potentially read it that way, sure. Yeah, like choosing to shuffle to off live. or move on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I mean, because it was that so seems like an apt metaphor. Yeah, weird and like uh, magical. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, to, to just kind of back up and to make sense of what we're talking about, when we see Pinocchio hung on the tree, um, he's he's rescued or whatever, the carriage that comes back with all of these animals, but he's pretending like he's still dead or, or hurt. And he's put into this, you know, this bed and he's in the house of the blue, the blue fairy. And she brings in all these doctors, ultimately who want him to take some medicine. So he's refusing. And then she's like, well, are you dead or some, I don't know. They're going back and forth between life and death. It's like, 
it seems to be like if you're going to live, then you have to take this medicine. And then if you want to die, then the Undertaker buddies come in, then here's the yeah. coffin. And this is, these are your choices. I love it because we give Parker these choices, not much like that. I just mean, it's like, do you want this or this? Oh, okay. Then I guess you don't want that. And she was still doing that. Well, oh, well, I guess you don't want to live if you're not going to take the medicine. And then he was lying about it. It's like, oh, but I'm really, this hurts and this hurts. And and then she's like, well, I think then he was you saying need to take the medicine. Better. He was saying he was oh, feeling he was better. Feeling better. That's right. The hurt thing was an earlier thing. Okay, but yes, it was just such a just a a kooky, chaotic, but really delightful scene. Meanwhile, after that, we have the second instance of y'all both yelling no, which was when Geppetto and Pinocchio (laughs) were both in the crowd while fireworks were going, and they just like managed to pass each other. Told you that's the like saddest part. No, those parts where they. They the almost near, reunite. The near miss, the, uh, I think when... I think on this one, they they miss, but then as Pinocchio keeps going, Geppetto does notice him and calls out, but Pinocchio yeah. doesn't yeah. hear yeah. it. Because of the fireworks yeah. going off. There was one early on, kind of, where he was coming, I think it was coming back from the, yes. the, uh, the show, but there, the uh, fox and the cat were like, no, you you can't say hi to him because, uh, you know, surprise him or something. So he, that's when they yeah. got him to go to the inn, I think, and yes. buy a bunch of food. He he almost gets home. He was you could see the house, uh, but they persuaded Pinocchio not to go into the home to see Geppetto. So Pinocchio walks away. It's further down this kind of path that we see a lot. That uh, the cat, the fox, and Pinocchio are leaving. But Geppetto, who is waiting for his son, this is supposed to be him coming back from the first day of school. You see further away in the frame, the light lighting up the entrance of the house as he like looks outside. But we know that he's that Pinocchio is too far away to kind of see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked when the dog um, that Pinocchio saved mm. from drowning that had been chasing him <laughs> um act stuff out like he's encouraged the cowardly <laughs> dog or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, yes. like Pinocchio seems to be able to talk to him. I guess just like the, that's Magic. what puppets get to do. Yeah. Uh, but he can't actually talk to the adults, including Geppetto. So he has to like mime stuff. Yeah. It's so silly. <laughs> so great. And, and he seems to be, um, like he works with the, these two police, tall policemen, and I guess he's their dog. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. So he's basically contradicting them, who are telling <laughs> Geppetto that Pinocchio is dead or gone, and he's going back and forth saying no, he's not, and yeah, acting it out and miming this out. Here's one of my biggest uh, criticisms, I think, of this one: the the donkey stuff just doesn't really feel that scary to me. Um, especially having the comparison of the Disney one. And I kind of feel like Toyland in general, it doesn't feel like it has as strong of a moral point to it mm-hmm. as the Disney one. Like it, it, it kind of just feels like a mean trick that these guys play on children rather than like the kids actively making this choice to indulge in their worst desires you know, it's like they're just kind of lured away to like this cool carnival place, yeah, and turn into a thing and turn turn into donkeys or whatever. And it, and it, like, it works okay, but I guess it feels in this movie more perfunctory than like an important part of the journey. It, it kind of feels like 
there are, are any other amount of methods that could ultimately get Pinocchio dumped into the water and swallowed by uh, a fish to reunite with Geppetto. And it didn't necessarily need to be this thing other than that's what happens in the book. You know, it, it just didn't feel like they clearly had fun animating like when they first get there and stuff like that. But it just it felt kind of hollow. I don't know. It yeah. just the the actual transformation was really quick and not horrifying, which, OK, sure. Yeah. But it just didn't feel like there was you got to sit in that too long or really feel what Pinocchio feels like. The greatest extent is when he they like have him go up and be part of like a carnival and he's like kind of humiliating himself, I guess. But it, it just I didn't feel much there and it didn't feel like. It just didn't feel like that segment was very strong to me. Like, the stuff with the fox and the cat and stuff earlier in the movie, like, that felt like, okay, yeah, I get that. And he's being tricked and he's being kind of greedy because he, he, like, ostensibly has a good reason to want to get more money. But it's still, like, you could just be satisfied with the amount you get. Yeah, he's too naive Yeah. but this feels but this yeah. Yeah, but the, the Toy Island stuff is just like, oh, look, a fun, happy carnival. And now you guys sleep here and oat your donkeys rather than like, Mm -hmm. oh, here's a chance to do that stuff that your parents told you not to do, like breaking windows and drinking beer and stuff is just like a fun, happy carnival. And like, I get that, like, they're supposed to be with their parents. So the the thing that they're doing wrong is leaving to go here to begin with. But it just it doesn't feel that strong to me. Yeah. And I think that Disney did a much better adaptation. They did a stronger job. A stronger job and made it made it uh, make sense. Because, yeah, this literally, like you said, was um, called Toyland. And the whole big thing is where you don't have to go to school. You don't have to do chores. You can have fun all day. So it's again, the children weren't doing any quote bad things other than eating candy having fun and not or other than like skipping out yeah Yeah. and and also this might be slightly just more of a nitpick but what's the economy here this place exists to create donkey children to run it so that it can exist whereas in in the disney one it's like they're turning them into donkeys and then selling them off to go work in coal mine so that's like okay, I understand, like, your profit margin here. I understand, like, what you're doing. But here, it's like this place only... This place exists to turn people into donkeys so that it can continue to exist. I know, I know. Which is, like, a kind of cyclical thing, which, I I mean, you could do something with that, but it doesn't feel like that means anything significant. I don't know. Yeah. Plus, in the Disney version, it's run down a lot more, whereas this seemed to like just top-notch places. Oh, yeah. Just a really as, nice, as, cool carnival. Yeah, with all kinds of candy and goods that they were they kept giving them. And yeah. then even beds for them to sleep in. And then the next morning, they let them down. And then, boom, It was also a little a unclear about them. why they even turned into donkeys. Yeah. Like, you get the sense very clearly in Disney that it's like because they're misbehaving. Like, there's magic here that makes that happen. But it's kind of like... They're totally fine until Lampwick and Pinocchio goes down the elevator and they see the other donkeys and then they just start transforming randomly. Yeah. It's it it's not terrible. It just kind of feels like one of the weaker parts of the movie for me because it it feels like going through the motions to such an extent rather than really building on the themes that the movie had already been giving me. And then also the comparison to Disney just yeah, is, is bad for it. But even outside of that, it doesn't. It feels like one of the weaker parts of this film itself compared to itself. I don't know. 
And even why Pinocchio was going to be drowned, because then, and why, I don't know, I don't feel like it's clear why they pulled him and why they knew he was Pinocchio, other than his shirt, maybe, um, to be the performing donkey in this circus. But it's like when he was tripping and then somehow they st- stood on his tail. And, and even though he complained, then they got furious at him. And then he was supposedly going like, to hey, be drowned you. because you're being a jack. And that's where, you know, this interesting where they bring in that word, because like, if you're going to act like a jack, and then they threw him into that. So, and then that was the reason that they drowned him because he was acting up and didn't do well. I don't know. For, yeah, I definitely, when you brought up like the economy of the place, I agree. That was my initial one. Like, is that too nitpicky? I don't know. Of like, okay, you're making them to run it, but for what? But I can see like, if we take some of these locations is more metaphorical uh, that, you know, this is, this is their punishment for what they did. And like, as long as you have bad kids, like this will keep going. I guess, but it feels like if you want that to be it, you need to really emphasize that the kids are being bad and that doesn't feel emphasized enough in this version. And for, uh, I don't know, for, for Pinocchio story though, like sure the, the Disney one was definitely very obviously more moralistic. Yeah, clearly. Uh, the very strong, like, cause and effect here. Yeah. But, you know, this is the tail end of his journey. He has learned a few things. The reason that he left wasn't because he wanted to leave. He wanted to go home. But he thought that he would be arrested and he was told, you gotta run. And so... I think it's that kind of final not facing your problems rather than like, oh, you're a bad kid. You're being bad. This is that kind of final growing up step. Sure. But I guess it still also doesn't feel like he then learns not to run away from his problems. He just gets dumped into the ocean and eaten by the fish that happened to have eaten his father rather than like made any sort of choice. I suppose. I mean, he got, he saw the, uh, because it also in the Disney one, he actively makes a choice to go after the fish to find his dad. So that's more Mm, of a choice. Got it. Sure. Got it. it. But with the, the turquoise fairy or whatever. Yeah. Like she kind of gives him his, another chance. Uh, so like he sees her whenever he is, uh, being this donkey. And I, I think that that's one of the things that, rouses him to to want to leave and to rebel versus like you said where he was kind of humiliating himself for the show yeah feeling like this is what he had to do like i can see it when you try to talk about it and i can kind of i can see how the pieces connect i just don't feel like they connect very strongly yeah i i feel like it just i need i feel like it needed a little more a little something extra to to work well and i, I don't need it to ape disney at all i, yeah, I just yeah. it just felt weak to me mm-hmm. yeah because I, I don't think it i don't think it's a moralistic kind of stance of what disney did i don't think that's no i think it just within the story no it just needs to build on his journey more and it it, it feels weak in that respect to me yeah, and in that sense, you know, it did with the episodic that that w- it was just one episode, but they didn't make a, a clear connection. Uh, unlike, I feel like the other episodes had clear connection and a nice clear thread following through. Yeah. Um, uh, 
the last time that you guys uh, yelled no was when Geppetto and Pinocchio were reunited and Geppetto like gripped his heart in surprise and <laughs> fell back into his no, chair. I thought something was going to happen to him. Yeah, because Pinocchio had at some point mentioned like my dad's going to like he's probably dead of a heart attack because he's so lonely. And I'm like, don't do it. I yeah, know, yeah. I know. Can you imagine <laughs> if oh he just gosh. had a heart attack and died there? Oh, that wow. would be terrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you guys want to uh, move on to voice acting? Because I do have one note for that. Sure. Uh, an English dub was made in Canada and released in the United Kingdom in 2013. So like a year after this came out. Uh, in 2018, Lionsgate Home Entertainment released the film in the US with some characters redubbed by celebrities, such as John Heater voicing the cat. All right, man. <laughs> Which I go, just think is like a fun little, okay. Go for it, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, what a choice. Uh, let's talk about animation. What don't we talk about? Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty. Like, like the art it. style is really pretty. The, the backgrounds have like a super painterly th- feel. Like sometimes it just literally feels like you're looking at a painting. And unlike, say... All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, the characters actually feel like they mesh decently with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the colors, in particular, after the the blue scene that's in the past, they really pop, like, immediately. It's just really Beautiful. lush and, and bright and pretty. Uh, the character designs are, are pretty much across the board really fun, uh, especially the fox and the cat. Love them. They're, they just have... They have very fun designs. <laughs> oh, yes. That cat is... Yes. With his glasses and, st- and his, his hair. hair. And stubble and back hair. hair. And, and then the fox is like really tiny like legs and then gets really big and has a big long snout. Like, they just, they look good. They look really good. <laughs> and really cool clothes. Yeah. And-, and, and then at one point the animation like gets really uh, fun and sketchy when like Pinocchio's like in jail and he's like thinking of the blue fairy and like oh, imagining yeah. trying to go back to her and it's this whole... This whole sketchy kind of cool sequence. Uh, yeah, there's just there's so much fun animation stuff down down to the backgrounds, the designs, all the way up to the actual animation itself and how it very even takes chances to do something different within itself. It's it's good. Yeah, I think they're like I definitely wish I knew more about art history to be able to to speak on what it feels like either movements they were inspired by yeah, like there impressionistic was, or whatever like the yeah different terms. there was definitely some shots of some buildings that felt felt like a painting like yeah but even some of the countryside shots. i know the landscapes yeah. and the countryside yeah. and the fields and and the fall colors no and, yeah like just literally like a painting that you would see in a museum or something oh and and other things that i really liked uh that i mentioned like with pinocchio uh, the first when he tr- almost goes home and we see Geppetto in the background. I love how they have these kind of wider shots where maybe you see somebody walking on one side of a hill. They 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 go over like uh, a horizon or something and then you see them come up the other side further down the frame. Like I, I love when they do that. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember too kind of what style you would call it, but it's just literally... Every frame, everywhere in 
in whether it was a landscape or whatever, it's like I want to be in that world. I mean, just like plunk well, me I and put th- me in there. I can <laughs> think of one shot of a particular part of the world you wouldn't want to be in, and that was the entrance to Toy Island, <laughs> oh, which I know. is this just is this horrifying, Huge. really like sharp, long-looking clown. It's awful. It's just terrible. Big the, mouth. The worst thing. Oh. Uh, that was one of the strongest bits of the Toy Island thing, and also, like, the the sequence of them having fun on Toy Island. The animation went ham there. Yeah. They were just doing all sorts of funky stuff. Yeah, it, at some points it felt like kind of a lot. It was kind of a lot, which... I mean, that, that works for what it's going there. That yeah, is the strongest fair. part of the Toyland segment, I think, because you really, like, you get the a sense of the fun that the kids are having, but also, like, how overwhelming and chaotic it is. And, like, you get the sense of what it is, which is this thing that's supposed to really distract and overwhelm the children so much that they don't think of leaving or doing anything else. Ooh, I forgot to mention, uh, with the ears, at some point I was like, oh, that's why they have the hats in case their ears turn. Yeah. And it's hidden within the Mm -hmm. hats. Okay, yeah. And yeah, I think it was called Toyland. And yeah, it was. Um, which is interesting because, you know, from. I think Nut that's Cracker, the original. Name. I think that's the original name for it, too. Mm-hmm. Pleasure Island is something Disney came up with. The name, that name, I mean. Okay. No, never mind. There's another musical called Toyland. Never mind. No, yeah, there, <laughs> is, there fully is. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, and um, the other the other thing, even though because the artwork was just so beautiful, but the design and um, of all the like the 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 clown or the people that were yeah. touring them and the big buildings that they were going in, it's just reminiscent of like the creepy kind of old timey uh, you know clown and bobbleheads and stuff that you might find in a vintage store, yeah. which I hate. <laughs> I, hate I, I think the visual design of Toyland and like the the goons in it and the, the some of the the like doors and stuff yes. that they go in was definitely the strongest aspects of it. Like it, it was a creepy vibe. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Like something's not right here. This is this is unpleasant. Um, but yeah, the, the animation in this movie is gorgeous. Um, I was just going to say the the character designs you've mentioned yeah. but they are top notch. Uh Lampwick, he that was a that was a, a fun. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's hard not to think of uh Disney's Lampwick, but you can kind of see similar yeah. inspirations. This is a, a random note, but while I was doing research for this, I think I cuz I clicked on Lampwick as a character in his wiki page and was looking at it a little bit. But a random fun fact for the Disney one that I didn't know is that the character design of Lampwick and that was like kind of a caricature of Fred Moore, one of the animators on the film. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a fun little thing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, this this Lampwick and this one, he, he looked, he was definitely like an older kid. He yeah. looked like a kid on the cusp of like just being a teen, you know? But he was... Yeah, I mean, like he was—he was Pinocchio's little buddy, basically. Yeah, like he didn't—he didn't seem like a bad kid, Mm-mm. just one. Which again, I feel kind of dampens the impact of the thing, but no, see, I don't think so. I think it—it's like good kids can be led astray. Yeah, and in Pinocchio, he was getting there, and he was led astray, and like Lampwick, maybe a situation was something that he wanted to get away from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we never, you don't really get into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think it dampens it. 
two things. One is I feel like then a connecting thread that they had, which I know is a little bit more t- for story, but then I want to say something for animation is that I think it was the, I just want to say for lack of a better word, Stromboli, the character that whatever Mind the, Fugo. whatever that one is said, one you of the reasons. You can call him Fire Eater because that's what his name translates to. Okay. Well, so Fire Eater, one of the reasons that he even gave him money and put the cat and the fox in charge to get him home safely, that he really liked Pinocchio because he said, you are a good friend and you are really loyal to your friends. And then he kept being that way because then he he saw the good and didn't he let himself be bamboozled by the cat and the fox because he thought they were his friends lampwick was his friend and he wanted to help him the, the dog. dog you know so that's kind of neat cuz he you know he, yeah. he he stayed a he loyal friend he makes friends easily yeah and stayed loyal the animation that i want to say in sharp contrast to the creepy vibes that we had from toyland when we were in the house of the blue fairy yeah. all of those animal designs and everything were what they were so cute without you know without being having the disney treatment of just sure. this adorable little sidekick you just had and and they weren't even like necessarily round or big eyes or anything but just the design was so precious everything from the little hedgehog to the little the little lizard to the rabbit there was a bird that you really liked there was this top notch bird that was hanging out on pinocchio's bed Yes. Oh, and even at the very beginning of the movie, there was the darling owl that watched Geppetto make Pinocchio mm. that was in the window that you that had flown in with adorable big eyes and just so cute. But yeah, so so the character designs, again, were just top quality. Even these little, you know, these minor characters that you just ended up seeing once, just the designs were were very distinct and just, you know, really well done. Yeah. Not going to spend time on if this was live action. Because we're going like, to see that next I'm week. Sure, I'm sure that exists to some degree. <laughs> like, there's so many adaptations of this, and many of them are live action. And I just, you know, we can't keep talking about this same story like that all the time. So anyways, let's go on to sound design. The original score for this movie was composed by Lucio Dalla, and it includes songs performed by Lita Battisti and Nada, who from my understanding, are both artists in in Italy that are pretty well known. And um, yeah, the songs range from like cute short little ditties to what is even happening with these doctors that are singing around Pinocchio (laughs) to like to like a soft kind of like emotional not quite even a ballad but like this this emotional song that that um geppetto sings towards the end like they just kind they kind of run the gamut um but generally are quite fun mm-hmm. yes. um I, I really i i don't know what's up with the song that the doctors sing it's wild because <laughs> it. like the bass I... is suddenly going like it, the, the the actual musicality of it is suddenly very loud and they're just <laughs> And there's words on the screen, like the subtitles just put what they said in in, in Italian. They did not translate the song. So it made it a bit disengaging for me. Yeah. It was wild, though. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I think the balance in the the Toyland song, that one got a little off to me. Some of the kind of sound effects of the attractions or whatever were a little higher than the song sometimes. It does lend to a chaotic nature, but yeah. Sure, sure. But 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 yeah, I guess you can say that it definitely added to that overwhelm 
when you can't even like hear the song they're singing, yeah. which it, it, you know, in a sense, it probably doesn't matter because it was just talking about like uh, high tech or high whatever new stuff. Yeah. Anything else with the music? Yeah, like I was surprised that the songs were there. I forget what the first one was. Was it? The- I think it was a little, uh, a little short one that Geppetto kind of sang as he was like moving well, around was, with Pinocchio. Yeah, that was cute. That one seemed a bit incidental. There yeah. was one, like when the first kind of song song, was it the fox and the cat? It might have been. It might have been them, but the when they burned the tree. No, I, wasn't it before them singing about him burying the money in that place where yeah, they Yeah, I think they might have sung before the tree as thing, they're too. On the, yeah, as they're leading him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it definitely feels I think they. I think they got at least two songs. It seems appropriate that they're the ones to introduce it. Yeah. Yeah, it was surprising, but, but I think it worked. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? I think pretty good. I think, I mean, it's from 2012, so not that long ago, but also there's stuff made even more recently that has more egregious problems, so, you know, um, but I mean, nothing's really coming to mind. Um, there's a decent amount of girls, too. It sounds like Fox is a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so there's not like the usual just big old boys club that a lot of, um, the, these more fairy tale ones end up having um and toyland wasn't just for boys it was no, all, just all, sorts all of ages kids. and well i say all ages they were uh, younger but, but but a variation of you know uh younger um, kids but yeah male and female yeah it it feels i don't know nothing's coming to mind for me honestly yeah i mean we definitely could miss something more cultural yeah, More maybe local. one of those doctors had had a really rude joke in there that we didn't understand because it wasn't <laughs> translated. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, overall, it seems seems all right. Seems fine. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to fifty-four minutes and three seconds. Uh, the only note that I actually have, though I'm sure we have more to talk about, is that. Um, to get out of the big fish, they they literally just swim out while it's sleeping. So no no big no big exciting scene for that, and that's fine because yeah. that matches the mood established before and after it. You know, mm-hmm. um, Geppetto sings an emotional song while they're still in the fish, and then Pinocchio's like, "Climb on my back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna swim you to shore." And he's like, "I I don't think you can manage that." And he's like, "You know, if our fates to drown, then I guess that's what's gonna happen. But I'm gonna try to get you there," and so. He just, he swims and then he falters some, but he, he gets Geppetto back and he, he gets them all the way to shore. Yeah. Mostly then the dog sees them and yes, helps. Yes, yes. Uh, like... The dog who couldn't swim earlier because <laughs> he had to be saved by Pinocchio has since learned how to He's swim. Like, I learned to swim. He, was, like, he oh. was probably like, I really need to learn yeah. this, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so, you know, and then, and then Pinocchio... Gets to shore and the blue fairy turns him into a real boy. And Geppetto's really happy and it's a nice happy ending. It is. It is. And then they have a great little song and dance at the end. And Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how the dog got his people to help him learn how to swim. Did he I know, just right? pull them towards the beach a lot? <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. I liked this dog. Now, babe, you're feeling a bit emotional. Can you explain? I'm not trying to pick on you, but like, what is it about this that is emotional for you? 
what do you think it's doing well that it's giving you that is resulting in that reaction? So in the beginning of the film, uh, we have Geppetto talking about the stuff that he wants to do. I don't quite remember. I know it's like traveling the world. Yeah. I don't know what else he said. You're talking about like young Geppetto? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely some of the same things that Pinocchio later says he wants to do, like traveling the world. I I love that, you know, he has his clothes made of the kite. And I think, I can't remember if in the beginning they showed Geppetto kind of riding the kite. Does that sound right? I don't think he rode it. He was just... I, I think know. he He's dreamed about it. In. I think what right. I saw oh, that might have. was flying on the kite. That oh, might right. have been. And so the ending where so the ending where he is on Pinocchio, now kind of riding this kite, and you know, at the end of the film he also talks about doing everything that he wants to do. And that just really gets me. That's valid. He did because and well and and they both if you think of it this way, they both helped each other's dreams come true. Um, and, um, and I think, uh, Pinocchio's, I mean, he, and he just made Pinocchio so happy to, for me, so much of the, the movie for Geppetto was so sad and heartbreaking because he was heartbroken the whole movie. He's either looking worried about Pinocchio or he's looking for Pinocchio. And then, and then at the end with the Ming reunited, then yeah. Yeah. And the, and the line that you were talking about before is also one that really got me of like, you know, if it's our fate to not make it then like we'll struggle together i'm like oh that's beautiful anything else with spoilers no more spoilers let's go on to our favorites and least favorites what was your least favorite scene in the movie if it's in spoilers be vague but i doubt it's in the spoiler part <laughs> i think we all generally like that part uh for me it's it's like i said i i i I don't find the uh, Toyland stuff particularly engaging, especially once they, they go down in the elevator and they're like led to go to sleep and all that. Uh, and I, I'd say, I guess a, a particular scene would probably be them actually turning into donkeys. Um, it, it just kind of fell flat for me. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with that. Yeah. I, I think I'd have to agree for me. I think it's closer to, them seeing the donkeys and them talking about them powering the the island and yeah. then it's like yeah. okay wait though like why yeah <laughs> like again when it's you- a metaphor for capitalism how it's just this evil machine that has to sustain itself see i don't think that would be it if it were the metaphor just because it's like i'm just no talking out my butt like you're not actually getting capital <laughs> i understand it. but like, i think it's more of like a metaphor it's a it's the metaphor for how it, it uses up the people and well, cast them away. Well, it makes more sense to me that that it's again. I feel like the actual metaphor is more akin to the uh, not responsibility, but just consequences of actions, not whatever you're, whatever you're saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> whatever nonsense I'm spouting. Yes, yes. What was your favorite scene in the movie? For me, I'm it. It was the doctors the chaos scene in the blue fairy's house because everything like starting where he's coming back in the carriage with all the animals but then just the bizarreness and i loved the distinct the distinct um designs of the doctors the owl and the and of course the cricket and all but just 
all of that, them just like bouncing around. And then to their whole like that he's dead. And one of them's like, you know, about that he's either dead or he's not dead. And just all of that was, I loved it. Very I silly. just loved it. Almost like Alice in Wonderland vibes. Sure, just yeah, yeah. so bizarre and so funny and out there. I, I feel like I want to say like one of the more visually striking scenes, but I think it's actually going to be one in spoilers, uh, the song in spoilers. Super valid. That's one of the, I'm going back and forth my head between that and an earlier thing. Since you chose that, I think I'll go ahead and do the earlier thing, which is, uh, Fox and cat trying to mug Pinocchio and then burning the tree and everything. <laughs> that whole, that thing is long. Because yeah. Because the tree and then they chase him and he's biting uh, the, at their t- hands. The tree, in, the tree stuff in particular is, is like, that's, that's my favorite bit of it. Yeah. They feel yeah. very menacing. Oh no, yeah. they're scary. And, and almost that just pure like evil, but not like. We should, we're not evil. We're just doing this almost like oogie boogie. But the but the sharp again, man. That contrast. What they did with shadows with them with the burning tree was yeah. amazing. I think they are arguably the most evil characters in yeah. here. Because mm-hmm. like yeah, I mean ostensibly whoever's in charge of what's happening on Toyland is sure. is evil. But the kind of like Valerie says to to a. To a decent extent, that feels almost just like more meta, like a metaphorical thing. So it's almost hard to like ha- hold it against him. Almost like I, I don't think of him as much of a character. Whereas the fox and and the cat, they just want five gold, like yeah. real bad, and they will just mess this puppet up to get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's they're they're probably the most morally reprehensible characters in this version, which is fascinating to me. I don't feel like they're usually, that you could usually say that of them. Yeah. Who was your least favorite character in the movie? It was the uh, two cops of the town. Yeah. Mm, yes. Uh, that they're a bit dumb. And they dragged Geppetto away at the beginning. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah, I was almost first going to say the judge because it's like, why throw him in jail? But, yeah, but, but he's such but like a... Co- I know. Yeah. But it was the cops because they kept, again, kept making these really bad and unfair decisions. The dog deserves better, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we say boo to cops. Oh, Who is- the second second uh, least favorite uh-huh. was those boys whenever they... Oh. Yes. Poor Pinocchio. Yes. yes. They're so rude. Yes. I thought that kid was dead for a second. Yeah, I know. When he hit his head. Anyway, he was fine. Uh, who's your favorite character in the movie? I think for me, it's the Blue Fairy. I mean, I, I had a close second with the dog, but I really like the Blue Fairy. Just, uh, you know, just just her whole household. I mean, yeah. you know, later on, I, you know, I wish that her part had been a little bit more prominent. But just that whole thing with... with the animals that she had, the doctors, the way that she kind of guided Pinocchio and stuff, you know, which it wasn't as mothering as the as the Russian version and stuff. It was, you know, and I, it was just delightful. I just really liked her. I, you mean like compared to Malvina and the Russian one? Correct. Because she she's very, a different character, but yeah. Right. But she's the closest to an- analog. So exactly. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess I will say the, I like the cat a lot, 
I liked his design a lot. And then one thing that I also liked that I didn't mention that I think should be mentioned is him using words that I think yeah. him, him yes. making words more fancy. Yeah, yeah, yes. trying to sound really smart. That that I was delightfully captured in the uh, subtitles. Yes, that so they could characterize him. As, oh, I wish I could think of any words. Like serendipitously resplendent and just like, Wait, just but, BS. But it wasn't using like the serendipitously and resplendent real words. He was adding syllables to yeah, other yeah, words yeah, yeah. to make them sound fancier. It was good. <laughs> uh, at least in the, in, in the subtitles. I don't know, you know. I exactly. would guess that it's something like that. In the yeah, real. yeah. Like they, I think they localized it really well to yeah. add that characterization for, for this guy. Uh, I really like that. I also, I also, I mean, I like Geppetto's also up there because it's so, uh, yeah. he's so sad. And who are you actually choosing? I'm choosing the cat, but okay. I'm just also saying Geppetto's also up there. Geppetto is who I guessed for you. I'm gonna fox and cat them both again, which I think makes literally the third time that I have chosen that duo as my favorite characters <laughs> in the work. I like them. I like the rapscallions. I don't know what to tell they're, you. Yeah, they're a little, they're they're good rapscallions. They're a little trickster duo. <laughs> yeah. They're 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 a good team. Uh, they both got some fun things going for them here. Is I this... think I think I might have in the Russian one chosen Cat over Fox, so. but in this one I'm I'm duoing them again. I is think this your favorite. I think did it in Pinocchio? Did I did I go with Honest John first? I might have gone with Honest John, and then I might have gone with the Cat. But in this one, it's both. I like them both too much to separate them. Of the incarnations, is this your favorite that that you've seen so far? I don't know if it's my favorite. Like they. I do really love the the Disney versions, like just that the really like con, really like the, the really con much. man versions. I I do I do like Gideon also because just the minute like he's this bumbling guy, but also he will and probably has murdered. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? 100%, he yeah. feels like he has to be reined in by the like wannabe smart person of of honest john the fox you know I, I i like their dynamic So they're still your favorite i think i i don't know if they're my favorite but i really like them and then i don't like the fox as much she's fine but i don't like her as she's not as interesting to me in the russian one but the cat he's just he's a he's a wild man he's a man on the edge he's waving <laughs> weapons around and he's 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 ready to go uh, and i love that about him and in this one i just this is like their most intimidating and an evil versions yet it feels like frankly and they get away with it too they have no repercussions in yeah. this they have repercussions in both of the other ones i think or well they might not have repercussions in disney's really none of the bad guys really have repercussions in the disney one but they definitely have repercussions in the Russian one. Here they just, they, they get what they want. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I like say, them. I want to say visually, this is my favorite iteration of the cat. I yeah, just love, I love, just his design. love his I design. Like, I, I mean, he just, it just, this whole outfit was just yeah. beyond amazing. I get the, the sense that y'all don't hair. like Gideon's design that much, but honestly, I love the cat's design in all three of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but this is my favorite iteration. And then I would say, this is my favorite iteration of the Blue Fairy. I know in the Russian, sure. that she wasn't called the Blue Fairy, but, you know, she was. Yeah, Malvina. Uh, but, uh, but. 
I just do. I mean, as much as I love the Disney Blue Fairy is beautiful and wonderful and, and you know, just um, loving. I just love this one because she is just no, she's this fun, cute little, little, a little bit, mischievous. Well, I say mischievous, but, you know, she's just not this. She doesn't just give him all the answers. It's kind of like you got to work it out for yourself. OK, do you want this or this? And I just anyway, I love her. If Tim Curry were in the dub of this, which he's not because it's a Canadian dub, um, I, there's an English one also, but I don't... Th- the way that I read it, it seems like they didn't necessarily change all the voice actors, just some of them. That's so and, weird. like, the highest profile name that I saw was John Heater, so it's still not, like, <laughs> really well-known <laughs> celebrities. Anyways, um, if Tim Curry were in the dub of this, who would he play? I would say Fire Eater, even though it was a really small role. I think it'd be fun. But there's a really good range of emotion. Because he can even seem really very, scary. And, yeah, and then all of a sudden softening up. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Tim Curry would knock it out Same. of the ballpark. Yeah, Same. I agree. I think he could also do the cat, but I really do like, I like how big he could he would be able to go, definitely, mm-hmm. with with um, Fire Eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. All right, definitely I would still recommend this. Uh, and yeah, I would strongly recommend it. And I'm going to go 4.25. Uh, and the reason I'm going to go even a little bit above four is because I feel like the visuals were just a different art style than I'm used to. It's not the the, the Disney, you know, art style, but no, it was very beautiful. Stylized. Again, it was just gorgeous. And... I just give them kudos upon kudos for all the distinct character designs. Yeah. There were so many distinctive character designs, even little minor characters. And there was nothing real objectionable. There was, yeah, a lag with the, with the toy land part, but everything else I feel like connected pretty well and made sense. And then I love the connection with the kite. You know what? Um, in the beginning and the end. And I love the growth and the journey with. Geppetto. Um, yeah. Sorry. So I am going to say 4.25. So sorry for talking about it. You didn't do songs. What's... Um, we just realized that we forgot the song thing, so we're going to pause before the other two of us do a rating because I'm not going to try to edit this back where it belongs. Songs. Um, I don't have a list of them because I couldn't actually find one. Um, so just... If you if you th- if you have a least favorite and a favorite, then say both of them. Uh, obviously, not the name, just like when it was. Uh, but if you if you just have a favorite or something, then that's fine too. So, how do you feel about the songs? Okay, so I think to me, least favorite is kind of between the Doctor one because it was so out of there, and also the Toyland one because that was so like it did what it had to do, but like as a song. You know, didn't enjoy it too, too much. I think I'll go with the Toyland one. So least favorite that one. And then favorite was the song in Spoilers. I guess I can say Geppetto. Yeah, you can say Geppetto sings it. Yeah, yeah. That one was very cute. Very good. I'm in complete agreement. I'm going to say the the Toyland song was my least favorite. And then in Spoilers, Geppetto singing to Pinocchio was my favorite. I don't feel strong enough about any of them on the dislike scale, so I, I don't have a least favorite. Uh, my second favorite is the one that the fox and the cat sing while burning a tree, but my actual mm. favorite is the same. It's the same one. It's the one that Geppetto does. Mm. Uh, make, it makes me feel emotional. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, babe, what would you rate this movie? <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, agree. I I think I was gonna. I I think your rating's pulling me higher. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with a four. Uh, recommend, uh, like you said, gorgeous character designs are great. I don't actually know how long it was. It felt fairly long. Yeah. It probably would feel less long on a repeat since we've seen it now, but Yeah, yeah. But uh they they cover a lot and I think they do it well. Yeah. Recommend it for it was it was really good. You you guys like it even more than me, honestly. I'll give Honestly, you're still pulling me up higher though than I think I was thinking before we recorded. I'll do 3.5. Um I think it's good. I think you should watch it. Um, it's not my favorite thing, I think, because it feels kind of long and I don't like the toy lane part as much. But I still, I got a lot out of it. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff here. The animation's gorgeous. The songs are mostly quite fun. Um, yeah, I think it's a good. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And I would love for you to join me any Wednesday at 7 p.m. CDT or CST at Nana Critter, N-A-N-A. C-R-I-T-T-E-R. And I am actually going to start season three. I'll be uh, playing Star Wars The Old Republic. And I will be playing the chapters with the uh, Knights of the Fallen Empire. So, yeah. And next time, we will be watching the Pinocchio movie that all of us are dreading the most, which is the Disney live-action remake. We are going to, to the best of our ability, go into it with open hearts. Yeah. But (laughs) if for some reason you're a big fan of it, don't get your hopes up. We probably won't like it, but maybe we'll like it. Yeah, But we probably won't like it. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So we'll see. We'll be seeing that next time. Um, Join us then. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. What does it look like when I do that? I do, yeah. You're just like shaking, like your face shakes. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> Why do you do it? So sorry. For emphasis. What? What are you emphasizing? <sighs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with that. I second it. It being my least favorite. Do you want to explain a little more? <laughs>
Well, even Mom, no. That was a joke. That's a joke, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even trying to trick you. I thought we were all in on that joke. Oh my gosh. Whatever, man. <laughs> Just right over the head. Yeah.